0: This is a story that took place about 250 years ago in the town of Kosov, where there was a great Rabbi, Reb Baruch of Kosov. And in that town, there wasn't just a great Rebbe, there was also a very wealthy Jew whose name was Reb Moshe, and Moshe owned a huge textile factory where he made cloth and made blankets and sheets, and as a result, he became very wealthy. And because of his wealth, he was able to give a great deal of tzedakah and lived in a beautiful mansion on a huge estate with beautiful gardens, fruit trees, and everything a person could want. And Reb Moshe, he was pretty much a simple Jew. And even though he was so wealthy, it didn't go to his head. And every year he got wealthier and wealthier, but he remained the same Moshe as before. And Then one year, he had this idea. He's been blessed with Torah, with health, with wealth, with a family, with being a leader in the community. But what he'd really like is to meet Eliyahu Navi. To meet Elijah the prophet. Now he knew this wasn't something that you could pay for. Meeting Eliyahu Navi had to be earned. So he decided in order to be worthy to meet the prophet, he would begin fasting and deprive himself of all kinds of luxuries and afflict himself in order to purify his soul so that he would merit to meet Eliyahu Navi. And he did this for six months. And after six months, nothing had happened. It's true that he had suffered. And there were times when his davening and his learning was better, but no Eliyahu Navi. And he didn't know what to do. So he started hanging out with the Hasidim and some of the very religious people in the community and seeing what they did and practicing the same things they did, hoping that if he behaved like them and continued fasting and continued afflicting himself, then somehow Hashem would send him Eliyahu Navi. But that didn't work either. And not knowing what else he could possibly do, he figured he would go to the tzaddik, a Baruch of Kosov, and ask him for his advice. And the Rebbe listened, and he said to Moshe, listen, why do you need to meet Eliyahu Navi? Look at what Hashem has blessed you with. Who has wealth like you? You're healthy. You learn Torah. You have a family. You get to give tzedakah. And you do it in a humble way? You do it as a true servant of Hashem? And that's exactly why Hashem brought you into this world. To be a wealthy Jew that's humble and give tzedakah. So you just keep doing what you've been doing, Moshe, because you're doing the right thing. And Get that Eliyahu Navi thing out of your head. It's not for you. But Moshe left the Rebbe's room, and he said, I don't care what the Rebbe says. I have to meet Eliyahu Navi. It's not enough for me, everything that Hashem gave me. I need more. I need this. And from that point on, Moshe became kind of depressed and obsessed. All he cared about was seeing Eliyahu Navi. He stopped going to work for hours at a time in order to sit in the Beit Midrash and learn Torah. He didn't pay attention to how he looked. He didn't care what happened to his estate, whether the gardens were kept, whether the dishes were washed. He didn't care about anything except for meeting Eliyahu Navi. And after a year of living like this, and still not seeing Eliyahu Navi, he went back to the Rebbe. And he said to him, Rebbe, listen, I know what you told me, but I have to see Eliyahu Navi, and you don't know the work I've been doing on myself. I've really worked on myself, I fast, I ignore my work and learn Torah. I don't know what to do, Rebbe, I can't figure it out." And then he gave a big sigh. Ah, Rebbe, please, you have to help me. The Rebbe said, listen Moshe, Hashem has been very kind to you. Hashem gave you wealth, and health, and Torah, and a family, and everything you could want. Still, is not enough for you? And Moshe just stared at the Rebbe like, you don't get it, Rebbe? No, it's not enough for me. So the Rebbe said to him, okay. Listen carefully, Moshe. If a poor person comes to you and asks you even for a thousand gold pieces, make sure you give him the money. And now Moshe was really upset at the Rebbe, because what's the Rebbe telling him? Give tzedakah. You're a wealthy Jew, you have a lot of money, so give tzedakah. And Moshe's thinking, yeah, I know. I give tzedakah all the time. That's not what I want from life. I want to meet Eliyahu Navi. And so he leaves the Rebbe, and he makes sure that anyone who asks him for money, he gives him even more than the person asked for. He doesn't even find out what the person needs it for. Someone comes and says they need a ruble, Moshe gives him 20. They ask for 100 rubles, Moshe gives him 200. And so he's been doing this for a long time, and still no Eliyahu Navi. And he was losing sleep. He was obsessed with this. Fully obsessed with it. And one day he's at work, busy with the customers, and a messenger comes from his house, sent by his wife. The messenger says that this poor Jew came into their house asking for help, and the servant offered him food, and he refused the food unless he was served in the banquet hall in Moshe's house at the grand table. And Reb Moshe's wife didn't know what to do, so she told the poor Jew to sit down in the house, and she'd ask her husband and get back to him. The messenger wants to know what to do. So Moshe was very busy at work. He tells the messenger, go back and tell my wife I'll be home as soon as I can, and in the meantime, feed the poor Jew whatever he wants. When he arrived around an hour later, he saw his wife pacing outside the front door of the house. She said, Moshe, you won't believe the chutzpah of this guy. He comes in, he sits in your chair, at our table, and he demands everything that we have in the house. And then after he eats this gigantic meal, he insists that he sleeps in our bedroom. On our bed, Moshe says to his wife, and where is he now? She said, where do you think? He's sleeping on our bed. Moshe couldn't believe it. Okay, it's a bit of chutzpah to come, and eat half the food in the house, and eat it in the banquet hall, and eat it in Moshe's chair. But then to go upstairs and to sleep in his bed? That's really chutzpah. And so he runs upstairs to the master bedroom. What does he see? This dirty Jew, with torn clothes, laying on his bed, still stains from the food all over him, and even mud from his boots from outside. Right there on his beautiful plush bed, he sees the guy snoring. Moshe says to him, Get up! The poor Jew, he wakes up and he says, Ah, the master of the house is here. He doesn't even pick his head up from the blankets. And he says to Moshe, No, what about a little donation for a poor Jew? Moshe says, A little donation? Look at the chutzpah you have. You come into my house, you eat at my table, you come and sleep in my bed with the crumbs from your food and the mud from your boots and wearing those clothes in my bed. Are you out of your mind? The poor Jew says, no. All I'm asking for is a thousand gold pieces. Moshe says, a thousand gold pieces. Are you out of your mind? The poor Jew says, yeah, I'm not leaving here until you give me a thousand gold pieces. Moshe, being a businessman and wanting to get this guy out of there, he says, listen, I'll give you 50 gold pieces. The guy says, no, no chance. Moshe says, no problem, 100. 150. 200. The guy says, no, I'm not taking anything less than 1,000 gold pieces. In the meantime, he made himself comfortable in the bed because he said, I'm staying right here on your bed until you give me 1,000 gold pieces and not one penny less. Then Moshe lost it. He ran downstairs. He got all the servants in the house. And the second they came in the room to throw the poor Jew out, he jumped out of the window and ran away. And all of this happened just a few hours before Lagba Omer. And that night, all of the Hasidim gathered at the table of Reb Baruch, the Tzaddik, And of course, Moshe was one of the guests of honor. And Reb Baruch spoke about the special revelations that come down on this special day even though there's a special energy coming down on Lagba Omer, not everybody merits to see it. And so Moshe said, well, since there's a special energy coming down on Lagba Omer, I'll ask the Rebbe again for a blessing to see Eliyahu Nevi. And when it was Moshe's turn to speak with the Rebbe, the Rebbe says to him, Moshe, I don't understand. I sent you Eliyahu Nevi to your house. And Moshe says, when? He said, just today. How did you not see him? And Moshe said, wait a minute. That was the poor Jew that was sleeping on my bed. And the Rebbe said, didn't I tell you? If somebody asked you for a thousand gold coins to make sure to give it to him? I mean, how much more of a hint could I give you? Yes, that was Eliyahu Ah, Oh, Moshe was devastated. And the Rebbe said, what a pity. You saw Eliyahu Navi, but you didn't recognize him. And Moshe said, how was I supposed to know? He was the most obnoxious person. I'd never seen somebody so obnoxious in my life. The Rebbe said, Moshe, I'm sorry to tell you that when Eliyahu Navi comes to a person, he reflects the Midot, the character traits of the person he's coming to meet. So if you saw somebody that was disgusting, it means you still have a lot of work to do, Reb Moshe. I bless you that you should do the work. And when the time is right, Eliyahu Navi will appear to you again. And Moshe was so broken, he decided to sell everything and move with his wife and family to the Holy Land, to the Holy City of Tzfat. And he was a wealthy Jew there as well, and he hired a lot of people and gave a lot of tzedakah. But he didn't look for Eliyahu any anymore. And he accepted that Hashem gave him an incredible gift, being able to have money in the Holy Land, especially amongst all the poor Jews there. And Moshe would serve the poor Jews himself. He would serve them food. He would go around spot distributing tzedakah. He would find out what people needed and secretly get it for them. And when it came time for Lagba Omer, he would go to Meron and serve thousands of people, coming to visit the grave of the great tzaddik Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. And for years and years, it was Moshe's greatest honor to serve the poor Jews that came there. And one year on Lagba Omer, as Moshe was running back and forth serving the food, he sees a poor Jew right in front of him, and he still has mud on his boots and the same stains of food that he ate when he was at Moshe's house all those years before. And Moshe practically dropped the food when he saw Eliyahu Navi. But this time, when Moshe saw him, Eliyahu Nevi was not a disgusting person. He had a beautiful smile on his face. And he walked over to Moshe and put out his hand. And as Moshe shook the hand of Eliyahu Nevi, Elijah the prophet said to him, Shalom Aleichem, my sweetest friend. You've gone on a long journey in order to finally reach this place where we can meet again. And I'm so grateful that you achieved your goal of changing yourself in order to merit meeting Eliyahu Navi. And from that moment on, Moshe was able to serve Hashem with such joy because not only did he meet Eliyahu Navi, but he'd become a much better person as a result of all the work he'd done in order to get there. <laughs> <shriek> since tonight is Lagba Omer, and I just shared a story about Lagba Omer and Eliyahu Navi, I want to tell you about the last moments of the great Rebbe, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He knew that he was leaving this world, and he told his son, Rebelazar, Lazar, and all of his closest students to gather around his bed. He said, This is Azman Mesugal, an auspicious time. And since I'm leaving this world, I'm going to reveal all the holy secrets that I possibly can, so that when I arrive in the world to come, I will have no reason to be embarrassed. I can already see in Shemayim in heaven that Hashem and all the Tzaddikim are rejoicing and waiting for me to come." And he told his closest student, Rabbi Abba, to write down everything he was about to say, and his son, Rebbe Lazar, to repeat it. And all of the other Talmidim, all the other students, were to listen carefully. And he revealed to them the section of the Zohar known as Idra Zuta. At that time, the holiness of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai was so intense that none of the Talmidim, none of the students, were able to even look at him. And throughout the day, there was a fire burning around the house, keeping everyone else away. And when Rabbi Abba recalled, he said, I was in the middle of writing, and Rabbi Shimon was in the middle of quoting a pasuk, a verse, and then he stopped at the word Chaim, life. And I waited, wanting to continue, but I didn't want to raise my eyes up to see why he had stopped, because I was scared to look at the bright light that was coming out of him. And suddenly I heard a voice call out a pasuk that included the word Chaim, and then another voice called out another pasuk, and I fell to the ground and I wept, and the fire died out. And the light went away, and I saw that the great Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Ba Yochai, had passed away, lying on his right side, with a big smile on his face. And afterwards, the residents of the town of Tzipori came to take Rabbi Shimon Ba Yochai and bury him in their town. But the inhabitants of Biron planned on burying Rabbi Shimon Ba Yochai with them. And the two of them were about to get into an argument. But the bed of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai levitated and lifted up and went outside the house while a fire burned around it. And a voice came out and said, Come and gather for the Hilula, for the celebration of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. And the bed floated all the way to Meron, and it entered the cave in which he was buried. And another voice was heard, and it said, This man shakes up the world and all of its kingdoms. Many adversaries in Shemayim are silenced because of his merit. Hashem praises him daily. Fortunate is his portion in this world and the world to come. And that's how the Holy Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, left this world and was buried in Meron. May we all be blessed to bask in the light of the great Rebbe and the incredible wisdom and Torah that he brought down that all of us have been exposed to, even if you don't realize it. And take advantage of this special day to ask Hashem for everything we need in order to fulfill our purpose in this world and to bless one another with revealed good and love and Torah. Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. I want to thank a family that listens to the podcast, the Friedman family from Armat Bechemish. Chemish. Thank you for reaching out and thank you so much for listening. And thank you to all of you for listening and for your support and encouragement. Please make sure to share this with your friends. Leave a review if you haven't yet. And I look forward to sharing our next story together.